1: Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host Jacqueline Snyder with my what are you today Sharkable
0: <laughs> Shark? Oh Shark Tank! I saw this one um, person's handle named Shark Tank Frank. I'm okay. Shark Tank Frank today. We
1: got Shark Tank Frank, <laughs> Mina Kunlozita. Hey Mina.
0: I was like, this guy's a
1: genius. Welcome to the summer, everyone.
0: Yes. Welcome to the summer. And we wanted to do kind of a fun episode and talk about our Shark Tank experiences. Uh, We haven't talked a lot about it. I think I talked a little bit about it in my interview way back in the podcast. So I'm going to really have to dig deep into my memory. But Jacqueline has a Shark Tank experience as well. We actually got to the same round. This is before we even knew each other. It would have been fun to have known each other and show up together, we would have made it on TV, if you like.
1: Uh, If it was the two of us, I think so. And we can also dig in a little bit because I actually have two reality TV show experiences as well. So we'll just kind of dig into the the TV world and how everybody maybe thinks when they have a product or an idea they should get on Shark Tank and then kind of a, a little bit digging into it. And we are also going to have an episode coming up soon, which is going to have Joanna Parker of Yumble on. And she was actually, the Sharks, Bethany Frankel actually ended up funding her on Shark Tank. So um, we're going to have like an actual story of someone who actually made it onto Shark Tank and got money.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've known of people who make it all the way to the taping and they don't get aired. So, you know, there's still a lot of hoops to jump through. Um, I love reality TV. It's like, I used to watch Real Housewives. Now I watch Bethany and Frederick. And then I also watch Spring Baking Championship and all the baking championships. So I love reality TV.
1: And I actually no longer watch Shark Tank because it, it reminds me of every call I have with new potential clients. So it's always Same. like, this is what I'm doing. So it, for me, it's not my thing of vegging out because I'm always like, well, oh no, I want to consult them on it. So yeah. But who's your favorite shark? Do you have a shark that you love so much? I don't watch it enough. I mean, I like Bethany just in general, So, but I don't watch it enough to have a favorite. How really? about you?
0: Oh, 100% Mark Cuban. Oh, every yeah. T- every time he says something, I'm like, yes, Mark. Yes, you're so smart. And okay. yes, Mark, you're the best. Yes, Mark. I agree. <laughs> so yeah. Okay, Mark. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> so let's just jump into that real fast. So first, I want to tell all of you that if you want to be successful having a being an entrepreneur, having a product-based business, you do not need a reality TV show. You do not need to be on Shark Tank, but if it's something that you really feel like you want to do, it's something that you want to try. Um, you really want to get an injection of money into your business and scale it kind of big, then then do it or at least try. Because the cool thing about applying for a reality TV show is that you actually have to answer a lot of questions, and it really makes you dig deeper into your business. I mean, even financial questions, right? Didn't they ask financial questions about the business? I can't believe you don't remember this 19 page application that you pull it up. It's probably on my
0: desktop still. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I literally couldn't it was so much. It was 19 pages. It would ask you about how you were doing before and then what your, you know, customer base looks like. So many questions. Like it took me days to fill that thing out. And then I probably still have it too.
1: So you know how there's like a little you could search on your Mac for things. Mm -hmm. So I still have my mail. So this is from this is in 2013 and it says this, oh my gosh, I just got a call from Shark Tank and I've made it to the next round of auditions. I've got to create a video, and pull together my numbers, eek, in five days. I think we're all aware numbers are not my forte and that I am much better playing with fabric. So I was wondering if you could, if I could pick your business brain, and then I go off and ask questions about it.
0: So, so who is this email to? And this is uh, 2013 Jacqueline. I love, I love hearing from her.
1: This is from um oh this is from a client of mine that I think also went on so I said I said you're successfully growing your business and I'm and I'm sure much more savvy money wise than me. I was wondering if you could help me ballpark my number needs to ask for for the sharks and how much equity to give up. I don't want to pull random numbers out and be over undershooting myself and looking like a fool. And this is before emojis so it was where I used like <laughs> a semicolon and a zero.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Before the parentheses would make it, you know, pop in an emoji back then it was emoticons, right? Yeah. So, or maybe now even, I don't know if they're called something different on a computer. Um, but yeah, the application itself is intense. I think there's two ways to get on. I think that you can actually go on and apply online or you can go to an open casting and did you do open casting or did you? I went online and applied. Really? I did open casting. Yeah. It was I, in Chi-Town, Chicago. It was like a 45-minute 40 minute flight. And actually, the crazy thing is that the morning of that flight, my flight got delayed and it wasn't going to get there in time because I was flying there and then flying back. And so then I ended up having to buy a flight out of Southwest where it was like United and I had to, I had to make the decision that morning. If I can't make it in time, do I just not go or do I buy an additional ticket?
1: And so I, ticket.
0: I bought the ticket and went for it. What year was that? Uh, 2015.
1: Okay. So I think probably when I applied, it was in the it was before they had those live castings, I think, too, because it was sort of still in the beginning parts of it being there. And I applied with Cuffs Couture. So that was the wearable wrist wallet that I came up with. And I had celebrities wearing it and whatnot. So who knows? Actually, I'm wrong. It was 2016. Okay. Beginning of
0: 2016 was when I went.
1: That's impressive. So we both applied. We both kind of put it out there. We applied... Um, it was the application. Did we have to do a video for the first
0: no, no. for open casting you show up like real early? We're talking like five AM, six AM, and you get a number and then they give you a time frame. Like, oh, come it's back like here American Idol. At- yeah. Come back here at one sometime between one and three PM. And so it was a beautiful day in Chicago. <laughs> and so I just like walked around and hung out until
1: my slot was at one PM. So when you apply, when you, this is like a tip for everyone. And this is actually something that they said where don't say that you want to apply for visibility. So if you're going to do it, know the reasons that you want to apply for a shark tank and why you need a shark to invest in, to get that extra capital. Because they basically tell you if you're on the show, there's your visibility. Whether or not they fund you, you've already skyrocketed your business. So, just making it to the show is that sort of marketing and visibility part. So, why do you actually want to be on the show? And this is something for you guys to consider. You may not want a business partner, you may not want to be associated with ABC or whoever runs it, and all the rules and laws that come with working with a film production company and a studio and the sharks and the money that goes with it. So you really have to consider if this is a move for you. Yeah.
0: When we were, so once you get into the line at like between one and 3 PM, you're sitting in chairs and the producer guy is literally telling you, he makes you watch a video. And in our case, it was one of the people, it was from the show. It was a clip from the show and it was a guy that sold pizza and he was, he had like a pizza place and he, um, ended up selling it in like Whole Foods and all that stuff. And the guy was such a big personality. Like his name was like Gino or something. I don't know what it was, but he was Italian and he showed his family and he had a great story. And then the producer, I think his name was Scott, was like, so show of hands, who's here, who here has ever had pizza? And of course, obviously everybody raises their hand. And he's like, so how many of you think that you would be able to get on to Shark Tank? Just selling pizza. And he's like, The reason why this guy got on is because he had a story, he had a personality, he had a reason for people to watch him on TV. So think about that as you're going into the um, pitch from, with the producer. So he made us th- sit there and think about it. And then we got into line. There's probably like, Four or five producers sitting there, and then you have two minutes with with one of them. And he's like, "Don't show your props. I know all of you guys are excited, you know, with like displays and all that stuff. But just show them the product." He made that. He was like, "Don't make them taste your salsa. If you have salsa, I remember that was one of them because he's like, they just describe. Just don't make them taste it. Just describe what it's like, and then do the two minute pitch. And then that was it. You get two minutes in front of them. You're in line. And it's like." then your nerves are going crazy and then that's the first round.
1: So that's just really great for any product person to be able to tell somebody why your product in 2 minutes. So that's just a good takeaway in general um to be able to tell somebody, you know, like cuz what if you're out somewhere and you don't have your salsa in your pocket <laughs> to be like <laughs> try
0: salsa. And um, people don't want to try stuff yeah. You know, like they don't want to taste it, you know,
1: they probably if like, you know, those tasters at Costco or whatever, they walk up to try it, but you don't want someone coming and shoving cheese in your face. Like you'll, if you want the cheese, you're going to walk up to the cheese. So think about that. Think about that two minutes and what makes it interesting. And I love that they told you that because again, I went in just applying online. Um, but this was post my first reality TV experience because I'm a designer, guys. Um, I had auditioned for Project Runway, and I made it to the round where I went in front of the the actual judges to sort of be interviewed. And let me tell you, I was just regular Jacqueline, like twenty <laughs> something year old. Yeah, I'm a designer, but I had nothing to remember me by, right? I didn't have neck tattoos. I wasn't like the 1950s, like pin-up dressed person. Um, There were things like that that I was just like, Jacqueline, like I live in LA and I'm a girl with brown hair and I'm a designer and I do a good job at what I do, but I wasn't memorable. And so I think that point that you just brought up was a big deal because guess what? When I actually did get on a reality TV show, because again, I lived in LA (laughs) when reality TV was the thing. I had my hair cropped and chopped. I had like little finger curls. I would, this is when Cuffs Couture, um, I started doing headbands. Like headbands are really on trend and those feathers in your hair. So every time I went in front of them or auditioned, I would wear like a headband with a feather and I wore sparkly clothes that I wore and I just had a very specific look. I was actually, I filmed a pilot for reality show and that was the same. Video that I had done for Shark Tank, I was I was dressed in that way, and I was like, "Hi, I'm cute and bubbly, and I'm also fashionable with this really cute hairpiece." You know, and that's how they would remember me. For Shark Tank, I wore red lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I kid you not.
0: How can I stand out a little bit? You know what? I'm going to jazz up my lipstick.
1: <laughs> I would have taken it a step further and said, every time my lipstick color changes, it matches my shoes, and they would always see me <laughs> with, like matching, matching, maybe nail color too.
0: Yeah. So
1: yeah, make yourself
0: memorable. Make sure that, you know, can you sell pizza to an audience of people? That should be your gauge, right? Like, are you interesting enough? Do you have a sizzle in your story, you know? Like what, what is going to make you memorable and different from all the other people applying or even the people that, you know, people get inundated with products every single day. What's going to make your brand stand out? It doesn't have to be kitschy or anything like that, but what is, you know, what is it that they're going to hear, see, taste that's going to make you stand out from the rest of the competition?
1: and that's just a good point in general because people buy from people right and so and also they want to watch people that they know so yeah of course there's those sad those sad stories that are like they lost someone in their life or they've overcome a huge obstacle and absolutely they will probably always throw one of those into the show but it's not all of them and so the other side of it is is well where did you start what's your story any story can be spun to be really interesting it's just how you tell it right? You could have, you might live on a small farm and maybe you're pouring candles in your back, but like, what else can you do? I'm a mom that juggles being an entrepreneur and raising kids and running a farm, you know, whatever it is, but come up with a really, mm, like make your story interesting. Yeah. Sell your pizza.
0: You know, it's so funny because people find it really interesting that I'm from Iowa. I know I have that story that, that, you know, the heart heart surgery and all that stuff, because that really came of like a lot of epiphanies that I had as a mom. But, you know, I could have said that I'm from Iowa, small town person, immigrant, you know, there's certain things that people kind of pick up their ears. And I'm like, Hey, that's that's what makes you interesting. You know, you just don't want to be a boring person, right? Nobody wants to date the boring guy in high school. <laughs> I think we said that in social currency episode. That was the message by the end of the day. Be the interesting guy that people are intrigued by.
1: <laughs> but and then people find their interests. like, at the same time, not everybody's interested in the same things, right? So right. you can find your little group. So another reality show. I watch Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. <laughs>
0: Uh huh. Oh gosh, I st- it's on my Netflix wish list or yeah. next queue up.
1: So, um, so there was this younger kid who was like really into gaming. On I think it might have been their, their last episode, but he was really into. Um, video gaming and more so gaming behind his screen than he was with real people. So he just had to find a group, like a meetup group of a handful of people that were just as into gaming. So when they wanted to talk about the marshmallow character, they could probably talk about it for 30 minutes and no one would be like, are we still talking about the marshmallow character? They would actually enjoy it. So it's the same with what you're teaching or talking to your customers about, or if you're auditioning for Shark Tank or a reality TV show, You know, it needs to be Something that people are interested in, and if 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 ABC tells you they're not interested in what you have to say, that's cool. that's totally cool it's just it just means that it's not appropriate for their demographic fine,
0: yeah, I mean, even on spring baking championship, there's holiday baking championship. I watch them all they I know people think that they pit people as like the mean girl or the jock or the nerd. This is not an 80s film, people. They don't actually do that. The people just, you know, it gets accentuated in certain ways. Sure, to make it, you know, the producers are trying to make it more TV friendly, but you can definitely guide it how you want it to be.
1: Right? I'm going to stop you right there and say not true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, this is 2013. Maybe they were that way. Okay. No,
1: so, okay, so perhaps you're you're correct like on a spring baking championship they obviously edit they they sit there for 20 minutes interviewing each person then they pull out what they want and they usually might also guide you a little bit on what to say like all right now say it like this so when i was on my next reality show where we filmed the pilot it was with oh, i am i blanking on his name um he had he was on he might have won project runway he was the one with all the neck tattoos Uh huh. Um, I have to look him up while we're talking about I it. Want to I want you say use- his name is Jeremy. Is that right? Might have been. Let me see. Project Runway Neck Tattoos. <laughs> That's <laughs> how <laughs> I'm going to I just love it. Google.
0: <laughs> how would people find you? You know, this guy is forever known as Project Runway Neck
1: Tattoos. You know. Oh, okay. Found him. Oh, wait. no, not Jeremy. You were so close. Jeffrey. <sighs> um, Jeffrey. So he was, so he was the reality TV. He was the host of it, right? And they basically paired us up two separate groups. And we had this challenge, basically, he was going to design something for a person. So it was like a special focus on like, actually, this woman had had breast cancer, and she needed to go to a wedding. And so he needed us to design that dress that she wore to the wedding, right? So that special conversation, or that special thing that she needed to do, that those heartstrings. And so they split us up into two teams, um, and we each had to do it. Side note, guys, like actually two of the people that had also been cast were people in my circle. So one girl I had graduated college with and the other one wasn't, um, we had shared a showroom for product or for fashion that we were both doing. Um, so cut 2 we're doing this show, right? And it's over a bunch of days. And then there was this whole time when, um, They let us take some work home, interesting enough, because it was a pilot. I think they were trying to figure it out. So they let us take the patterns home. And so we got the patterns made. And then one of the girls, the girl I went to college with, was like, oh, I'll take it home and I'll work on it. So then it comes to be Monday. We're supposed to show up back at um, the the, uh, studio that we're filming at. And I find out that all the girls had gotten together over the weekend to sew this thing together and nobody had included me in it. Oh M G. Right. So I was like, is this because they're gonna try and quote unquote throw me under the bus or uh, vote you off the island, I believe. Vote me off the island. Or was it an oversight or what was happening? So it's not I- an
0: oversight, obviously. Right.
1: So then <laughs> I write I write to the producers and I'm like, hey, so um I wasn't able to do anything because they totally worked on it without me and um actually it was this one girl, I think one other girl. They worked on it without me and I don't know what to do. So guess what? We show up that day. They pull me aside. They start to interview me about it, right? They start to ask me questions about it. How do I feel about her leaving me out of it? I'm like, this was a total setup. They probably (laughs) told her not to call me. Then I hear her in the back being interviewed and she's yelling about me like I didn't do anything. And then we're standing in front of Jeffrey. We're all lined up. You know, it's like one of those times where like you're all lined up and like the judges are talking to you. And Jeffrey starts to scream at her, about how she like um, is purposely throwing me under the bus, so they set up this whole scenario, and I was like, "What's happening?" I know this girl that they've set us up against. I don't think that they knew that we knew each other. Like we had a long history together, and um, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Now we actually really really hate each other. Like from whatever has just transpired in this day of filming. I was just like, never again. I was like, I'm done with reality TV. I'm done with them setting up scenarios that actually pitted people against each other. So- that's my experience.
0: That's true. That drama seems super interesting. I got to say they did a good job.
1: <laughs> Everybody come to the dinner table and fight each other and flip chairs. That's like
0: what it is. So after the video rounds, um, so after I got um, to the next round, which is the video round, I did not get onto Shark Tank. I got to the video round, And then when I was watching the season, I saw two other Asian women who were on there with um, these are separate, obviously, separate occasions with that were on there. And I was like, of course they wouldn't have me on there because it was probably me of you know, one of 10 Asian women. Let's take, you know, like making the cut. Can't have all Asian women. We know that it's not affirmative action, you know. They like, take their Asian woman quota. <laughs> they did. And I was I didn't make the cut. And so that was a, I was like, well, no wonder. They are more interesting than me. So if you're going to compare apples to apples, obviously, you know, you know, Asian woman, baby product. No, actually, one of them wasn't a baby product. Um, also, interesting story. We all had the same things. And then it's like, where do you go from there, right? So it could be candle company, floral scents. You know, where do you go from there? Owned by a woman named after celebrities, whatever it is, that's your unique selling point. Like where are you going to go from there? It's something you have to think about to really like, sometimes it's not enough of an edge. You really have to take it another level.
1: Yeah. And so same with me, I, I was watching and I was like, Oh, they got their fashion, their fashion person. Right. And sometimes the fashion stuff is a little bit more widespread. So mine was Cuff's Couture. It was a wearable wrist wallet, but they were kind of, you had to have liked the design it was like so niche down versus like here's a water bottle that performs like this or here's like a mat that goes out or you know i it was it was so so specific that i think it wasn't broad enough either because you guys it's like a 15 minute commercial however long your segment is between like or is it even longer it's between two commercials
0: yeah i think that they actually interview the people on shark tank for over an hour a lot of times like 90 minutes and they condense the it down filming. to 15 minutes yeah, yeah. So it really gets condensed down a lot. But by the end of it, they, like that pizza guy, for instance, the reason why they had him on is because people wanted to know him. They were rooting for him. They loved him just from watching him on TV, right? That's what they want their viewers to walk away with. People that are rooting for a brand or a product, you know, or other emotion, hating on that person, right? So they want their viewers to feel something in the end.
1: Yeah. And that's that sort of people buying from people. That's what we try and teach you guys on about social media. And, um, that's why Etsy did so well that people were actually buying from other people. I saw an Etsy ad on TV watching spring baking championship, um, because Etsy is now starting to advertise. And yeah, I saw it too. Yeah. And the whole ad was like, you're buying from people like this person made this and this is who she is in her day to day. And she's making these candles and sending them to you. So in the world that we live in right now, it is about, you know, the, there is a story attached to the brand. It's the reason why you can see brands growing so quickly. Yeah, we still buy from Nike and Abercrombie and Fitch and Gap and all that. Sure. But we're probably buying it on sale, right? But then people are willing to spend full price on products that they like, that they, they know, that they're supporting other families, other people, other people's dreams.
0: Yeah. So actually one of our clients asked us recently, should I go to this open casting call for Shark Tank? And my answer was, yes, you should. um, If you want to do it. Yeah. You have nothing to lose besides your time. So you're going through the application process. And by the end of it, you know a lot more about your business than you did a few days before. It forces you into like this microscope of where you're product business was and then to a telescope of where it's going to be. Wow, Mina, so philosophical today. <laughs>
1: that is going to be a, a Pinterest post. <laughs> I know. From telescope to microscope <laughs> or microscope, to, microscope
0: to skeleton. And so by the end of the application process, you're like, wow, I know a lot more about my business. Hands down, I'm super happy that I did not get a deal. I didn't even make it to the stage, but I'm super happy I did not um, get a deal because in the end, I would have created a job for myself. I'm still, I would have had to answer to investors. And I, as I got more into my business, you know, years and working with other people and having, you know, my co-founder, Jacqueline Snyder, you know, with the product boss, I realized that I don't do great if, I create a job position for myself as far as like I have to answer to somebody, right? With Jacqueline, we're on even playing ground. With my husband, we're on even playing ground. Those are my partners. But when you have an investor, you have to prove to them your capabilities and prove to them that you're doing what you said you were going to be doing. Yeah, that
1: you're performing. Yeah. I 100% agree with you. Because guess what, guys? I shut down Cuff's Couture. Would I have shut it down if I had the investment? I don't know. But the reason I did it was that my passion lied in designer consulting co-op and consulting people, product was changing and I was having babies and I just, I didn't want to have, it just, it was not my priority and I was able to let it go versus if I had an investor, I would have to have been owing people money making stuff happen. And so it allows you that time to sort of make the changes. So I love that point. Cause Mina always says like, you know, making a job for yourself. So many of us have left the workforce and have yeah, they're still, they're jobs, but they're jobs that we love and that we want to do and that we can kind of answer to ourselves more or less. Ideally, I would have loved to get on and not
0: gotten a deal. So I would have gotten the visibility, (laughs) but not the deal. Um, And you'll still, still see that even in Facebook ads and stuff as seen on Shark Tank, right? And then that, even that little badge is enough, even if they didn't get that that deal at the end.
1: Can we do a badge as never seen on Shark Tank? <laughs> Made it to
0: second round on Shark
1: Tank. Make us a badge, somebody. Not seen on TV. <laughs> Declined by Shark Tank. <laughs> but still awesome. And that's a question we had with um, someone that we work with where she's really growing and growing in her business. And we were like, well, where do you want to take this business? Because it's already a multi million dollar business. Like, do you want to make it a $10 million business? Do you want to make it a $15 million business? And she's like, no, no, I don't. I absolutely do not. And we're like, okay. Cause she's like, I don't want to manage people. I don't want to grow my team bigger than what it is. I don't want to have to have like an office that's outside of my house and, and all the things that come with it. And it's like totally fine. So whatever you're fine with, like sure, some people, they want to have that huge business. Yumble, the structure that she has created, um, her husband, it's a husband wife team, plus their investors. Like the thing that they've created is something that they want and that they are very comfortable with and they want to continue to grow it that's totally fine. And if you're okay with having a hundred thousand dollar business, a couple hundred thousand dollar business, whatever it is that creates the lifestyle that you want, your lifestyle could be, you want to make enough money to support your family, maybe go on a yearly vacation and actually have time with your family, right? So make those choices for yourself. And it's a good reflection. I'm glad you brought that up.
0: Yeah. We should make our masterminders fill
1: out that application. <laughs> oh my God. They'd, they'd <laughs> quit. They'd be like, nah, 24 pages of this, no." I know. I know. <laughs> so that's sort of our fun little episode on on reality TV, what we went through to get on to, you know, to try and get on to Shark Tank and some other things and just really a reflection for yourself. So taking opportunities when they come, because you've got nothing to lose except time, which I think is what Mina said. And it allows you to see where you're at and that potential, like, well, if I asked for a million dollars and gave up, of my company, what would that look like? Because we can always dream, right? Everyone's like, God, if I just had more money to put into this business, you know, if I just had an investor, if I just had a partner, like what would that do for you? Well, what would it do for you? Um, Ultimate realization too was,
0: man, I'm horrible at math. (laughs) Like (laughs) every time. So it took me days to fill out the application and I couldn't understand the valuation and every time, every few hours, I would have to ask my husband, what, how do you explain that again? <laughs> and he'd be like, you know, like 25% is this and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, got it, got it. You know, a few hours pass. I'm deeper into the
1: application. What was that again? How do I think about that again? But that's the thing. So I used to say that when I graduated college, I graduated with a Bachelor's of Fine Arts as a fashion designer. I used to think, well, if I were to go back to school, and want to get a business, uh, like a master's in business because I felt like I was not a business person unless I got that degree at that point, right? I think we're a little bit different now because people are able to do so many things without degrees at this point. But I remember just a few years back, one of my biggest clients, I just I respected him. His business was, business was amazing. And I kind of said something to him along the lines, like, I'm not a business person. He's like, um, excuse me, yes, you are. <laughs> like 100% you are. Um, and he was paying me five figures a month. Okay. It was like, it was a lot that we were getting paid. And so obviously he trusted me enough to give me that amount of money. And it was like, well, it was learning from, learning from what I know. Did I know what, how to evaluate my company? No. Well, did I, would I get confused between like profit and gross? And did I know how to do my P&L? No, but it's something that you learn. So like when you decide that you're going to, you're going to take that, that opportunity to learn about that part of your business, you're going to learn it. But we don't learn all of these things in school. We learn it going through the process when someone tells you. So how often do you check your PL? They don't teach you about entrepreneurship. You know,
0: that's the thing. You know, I could have saved my MBA money and, and hired a bunch of experts to teach it to me or teach it to me along the way.
1: And... Uh, again, like if you have a business partner that got their business degree and they are able to, they, they know the numbers and they run the numbers and they evaluate the business and they know like the growth and create business plans. Great. That makes my eyes gloss over. That makes my head feel like it's going to explode. And I still have a profitable business as long as I know where my money's going. Um, what money is coming in? I know the basics so that I, I have like a pulse on my business, you know? So it's just something to think about for all of you. You know, it, the grass seems like it's always greener, but do you really want that? Helps so you answer that question for yourself.
0: Should you get on a reality show? Should you get onto Shark Tank? Do you want to, and where do you want to be? So that's kind of what we're answering here in this and podcast.
1: take those opportunities and learn from them and grow from them. So if you have that opportunity and you feel like you're going to do it, do it and learn from it. And then even if you don't get on, that's cool. It wasn't meant to be your path and you will still end up in a very comfortable position if you keep working and building your business. So happy summer, everyone. And enjoy your Netflix binges as we've talked about in this episode. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. This episode is over, but it doesn't
0: have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses
1: just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, product bosses, let's make it happen.